Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time like a bad five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, the sports veterans and great. The four for twenty six, so the war ain't away. It's the war room with five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. Turn me up in my headphones. I- What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on that War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, and I'm in the building with my squid art. We got B. Austin, the hot block commander, as the song says, and the homie Jimmy the Blueprint will be with us in a matter of moments. But look, man, we'd like to welcome you to our 2018 NFL preview, and what's more important, our eighth anniversary show yes eight years ago not exactly to this day because we started what was it be it was september 9th um 2010 so we're a few days early on it but usually you know it our, our anniversary basically falls on the thursday that the nfl kicks off our very first show was an nfl kickoff show um so yeah it was. eight years ago we decided to We've been going ever since. So keep it locked right here for a lot of football talk, a lot of Nike talk. And if you want to get in on the conversation, make sure you you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. You can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call directly in about 10 minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. Uh, That'll be after we talk with Gus Griffin. We're gambling with Gus again. Um, that number is 323-410-0012. Before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever you do your podcast listening, we're most likely to be there. What up, B? Eight years and counting, good brother. How's that feel? It's for? our anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, happy anniversary, brother. No whole missile. Thank <laughs> to you, good bro. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not kind of uh, anniversary. Man. You're going to have Sadiq singing to us. But, yeah. Feels good. To say, uh, couple, couple quick words, man. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners, uh, all one million of you. Thank you to the fans. Thank you to sports in general, man. Thank you to uh, you, Dev. Thank you to Jimmy. Thank you to PJ. Thank you to uh, Doc Bay. I, I, I just, I don't know what my life would be without the war room. Like, real talk. So, I'm just thankful. And uh, for our 10th anniversary, hopefully we're able to do the show either from uh, the International Space Station or the top of the Eiffel Tower or the Serengeti. That's my wish. So, no, no doubt. doubt. I'm I'm cool if you know we just take the wives and and do it from a, a overwater bungalow in Bora Bora. I'm good with that. You know what I mean? 
Something small. <laughs> something, something small. Something tiny. Nothing too big. All right, man. But yo, it's 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 been a it's been a nice nice run, man. But we're gonna get into what's been going on this week. And we're going to, you know, the first thing we're going to do in a few minutes, we're going to talk with Gus Griffin because the football season is back. That means he's back with his picks, his, you know, his picks against the spread every week. He started, he, he started off a little slow last season, but, you know, he picked it up towards the end, almost broke even at the very end. So, you know, if you stuck with him and you didn't give up, you might have won yourself some money. And B, what's, what's my audio sounding like right now? Am I good? Man, you you good in the headphones? All right, that's what's up, um, Gus. If you're on the line, because the man the switchboard is crazy right now. If you're on the line, make sure you press one, so we know you know that you that you're there and that you're waiting for us, and we will get to you. All right, I think he is. I saw he he pressed it. All right, so let's get right into hot topics, which is led off by our gambling with Gus segment. And and that segment is brought to you by my bookie. Ironically, what up fam? Let's talk Turkey and how much of it you can make betting on sports contests at my bookie. The NFL is back. So if you haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time to do so. Lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets. At Mybookie.ag. You got to remember that it's.ag, not.com. You tired of getting a runaround when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast and without any hassles. You waste any time betting on sports anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after kickoff. That's crazy. Join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. And you can play and win just strictly, you know, you can go play the games that, that Gus gives you every week. You can go try your luck at that. So <laughs> the man, the myth, he's back. Gus, I'd like to welcome you back to the war room, good brother. You there? Yes, I'm here. I'm going <laughs> We're back for another. We're back for another season, another round of, of uh, you know, investment picks. That's what we like to call them. Um, so you ready, Gus? I'm um, I'm ready. We got to start off strong this time. Last time, it was kind of a slow start, but you came roaring back at the end. This time, we want to get off to a slow start and make all the negative vibes play catch up. <laughs> Exactly. So let's, let's go ahead and start it with the, the the opener, the kickoff game, the Falcons at Eagles. And I believe the Falcons are plus two and a half over the birds. What's your thoughts on this? Well, one? that was earlier. It's actually down to a pick 'em game, a pick 'em game. And for an opening defending Super Bowl champ to be this short of a favoring for that line to move that, that, that smells a little bit to me so I hate to say this Philly brethren but um, I'm going to take the Falcons to win this straight up tonight um, it's a highly emotional night for Philly long suffering Philly fans Philly organization and I uh, may just be a little maybe maybe a little slow start there 
Um, Atlanta was very close party to winning last be, year anyway. The party yeah, might be maybe a little bit, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, mean, I don't I, expect I, them to fall back totally this year, but I, I just think Atlanta is going to pick this one up tonight. Right. And I, I kind of had similar thoughts. Like, we pick um, a few games at the end of the show, and that's one of the games that we're going to pick. I'm still 50-50 on it, and I'm leaning towards yeah. picking Atlanta as well. Um it's not necessarily in football because actually the defending Super Bowl champs actually have a positive record in this Thursday night opening game. They do. You're right. Looking at right. New England, in New England last year was an aberration. Right. But I'm looking at sports in general, like mm-hmm. when defending champ, when they're raising banners and getting rings and all of that, especially basketball, like they tend to get wiped because it's just too much yeah. going on before the game. So, um, yeah, I might be I'm a, I'm I'm definitely picking Atlanta to rub our faces into the dirt. And I'm okay with that. We just won the we just won the Super Bowl. And I keep waiting to have someone come and take the trophy away and take it back to New England and tell us that we really did win. I watched the game earlier, and when when New England took the lead in the fourth quarter, I was still like nervous. I'm like, it, <laughs> Yo, so it, it would only be I'm, Philadelphia I'm fans where you watch the game months later and the outcome actually changes and you realize it's all been a dream. So. I, yeah, it's all, it's all been a dream. So <laughs> I, I I got us going seven and nine, uh, no matter who is on there. We could have, uh, we could have Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Keon uh, <laughs> uh, Sanders. We going seven and nine because we don't exhaust it all up. We'll talk about that later when we do our, our season picks. Let's get to the second game here. And we got the Saints, man, getting nine and a half Buccaneers. I guess they like Jameis is not there, so the Bucks don't have a shot. Yeah, I am. Um, they don't have much of a history winning there anyway. If Jameson's there, then you give him a fighting chance and a shootout. But this is not your father's Saints team, and they showed that last year. They run the ball. They run the ball. Yeah. And, and um, you know, having even at his age, having Drew Brees as a second option is not bad. Right. Yeah. And, and like I said, we're not used to the Saints playing defense like that either. So um, Exactly. That, that they, only- they changed their character. Right. And that was the only team in the NFC that I was afraid for the Eagles to play last season. When um Yeah, they match up well with everybody. Stephon Diggs caught that ball and ran down the sideline, I probably cheered just as loud as a Vikings fan. Not that I knew we were gonna wipe the Vikings next week, but I just thought our chances were better against the Vikings the way that the Saints were playing. All right, so <laughs> let's go the Giants and their new shiny rookie, uh, versus the Jags. And the line on that one is uh, plus three and a half. Yeah, that stinks to high heaven. If you look at how good the Jags were last year and uh, how bad the Giants were, the only thing that – I mean, I you know, did a little research. The Jags actually don't have a very good history of playing well against NFC East teams on the road. They're like three and nine in the last 12 games. Of course, those were Jag teams that weren't as good as the one that we saw last year. But I, I just got a feeling they're going to kind of come back to the mean a little bit um, and also, frankly, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a special, special back. And, and uh, you know, we, we know Eli isn't what he used to be, but if he's got a guy he can hand it off to 20, 25 times and the defense, you know, has to play eight in the box, he's got enough to make enough throws to make that a competitive game. That might be the upset of the weekend, but I'm taking the Giants plus the three and a half. 
Okay, yeah, I mean, he has a lot of weapons to work with. Like you said, if Saquon is special like a lot of people think he is, he's going to make life so much easier for Eli. Um, For anybody. Mm -hmm. Right, right, for anybody who's back there. Um, So the next one is the Texans and the Patriots, and uh, that's uh, plus six and a half. Yes, um, I don't – this is a team that hasn't shown any fear of New England. In two games, they've they've shown that they don't seem to be intimidated by them. Uh, I think um, um, Deshaun Watson is going to pick up where he left off at. Um, The interesting thing is when he got hurt, I mean, they had just enough out there to see he was good, but maybe not quite enough out there for teams to really prepare for him the way they they typically do. So I see him picking up where he left off at, six and a half. I I see this as a very hungry team with no fear. I think they're going to cover that six and a half. Maybe they might even go in there and surprise us and win that game. Okay. All right, and last, but – I was about to say certainly not least, but that's cliche. It's probably the least games that we talk about. The Lions <laughs> getting six and a half over the Jets. Yeah, see, the Lions are a sleeper team possibly. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they, um, with, the, with the Packers' defense, the Bears aren't ready. The Vikings are clearly the class of that division. But I think the Lions could make a good push for second place in that division. Um the, the, the and then the other thing about it is I just I, I'm a USC fan but I've never been very sold on Sam Darnold and rookie quarterbacks are rookie quarterbacks so I think the Lions are going to win by at least ten. Okay, um, yeah, that, kind of my thoughts because you know I was on a show last night where we were talking about Sam Darnold um, and you know somebody on the show with me was talking about Sam Darnold possibly being the offensive rookie of the year. Which is possible, you know, because first of all, he's playing the quarterback position. But I don't think, I don't think the league, I don't think the league is going to be that easy for him this year, especially you know on that Jets team. So it's going to be a few nope. rude awakenings, and they might get one in week one. All right, so those are Gus's picks for the week. I hope you guys were paying attention. You guys can uh, go out and make some bets. If you you can go to mybookie.ag if you want to make some bets and get that fifty percent bonus. Uh, by using that promo code War Room. So, Gus, we will see how week one goes. And before we get you out of here, just give us what are your Steelers going to do this, this season? Oh, they're going to win it all, of course. All right. Even, even I mean, if you know, it's Le'Veon Bell. Look, 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 look. Marvin Gaye had two out of three right. Taxes, debt, and the stability of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to get number seven this year, baby. <laughs> You heard it here All first, right, folks. Hey, we will see you. Hey, maybe, we'll talk make sure you, you make sure you make sure your readers um catch my last last column on um it's just about selling shoes. <laughs> oh, no doubt because actually we're about to talk about the whole Nike and Colin Kaepernick situation. So if you guys go to warroomsports.com, you will see the latest article on the site written by Gus um about that situation. So go read it. If you read it now, call in. Let's talk about it. If you read it later. Come to me in our and we'll talk about it. But Gus, thank you as usual, and we will talk to you next week. We love you, Gus. All All right, football back. All right, no (laughs) doubt. Talk to you next week. All right. All right, Gus Griffin, everybody, gambling with Gus. But make sure you go to the uh, to the to the website, WilliamSports.com, and check out his writing as well, because he definitely holds the blog down for us these days. Um, 
All right, so uh, B, it's 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 been a a long week with one main topic that kind of you know got in there and, and <laughs> took the the excitement and the hype from anything else that was happening in sports, and it was about this whole Nike ad. Um, Nike has made Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick one of the faces of their I think it's thirtieth anniversary. Of, anniversary of the just do it campaign and a lot of america a lot of white america who really didn't who's really not i'm not even going to say didn't understand a lot of people who's not taking the time to even attempt to understand what kaepernick was protesting in the first place you know a lot of people who are against what he's done lost their collective mind. So you have people on social media burning their Nike gear, um, some people burning shoes while they're still on their feet. Um, you know, you can kind of see the intelligence level of some of these folks. Um, you know, you're burning gear and cutting up gear that you already paid for, that Nike already paid for. <laughs> Stuff that you probably bought from like a, a retailer who's already paid for their, you know, stock of Nike merchandise. So, you know, there were a lot of variables in this whole thing this week. You know, there are a lot of people saying, oh, Nike just committed brand suicide. And just like the stock market moves, just like investors react from any controversial situation, in a matter of a day, the stock dropped 3%, um, which for a company like Nike equals maybe like $4 billion. The stock since then has been creeping back up to the same level it was before this whole thing. Um, so I guess a lot of people who wanted to see that probably didn't understand the market much. And they really thought that, you know, a company as big as Nike had just off themselves in one day. But the, the stock price is creeping back up to where it was. What were your thoughts about this whole thing when it came down? You know, what did you think about the ad? I don't know if you actually saw the whole ad, but it, it did leak. It's supposed to run um, during the Falcons-Eagles opener, but it, it, you can't stop the Internet. It's already leaked. Can't stop the Internet. Internet undefeated. Yeah. Um, I think that as we have this conversation, which is it's a very important conversation to have, um, and it really speaks to uh, what we're about as a brand in the show, which is educating, informing, and entertaining. So I think there's three real perspectives that you can take with this. Um, at first, initially, as a black man, I said, about damn time that someone stands up and trumpets our cause, our heroes, and people that are standing for us in the public eye. That, that, that's the initial, the initial response. From there, I put on my business person's hat my marketing hat, my analyst hat, and I understand that, number one, Nike is a global brand, and the United States of America is one country, although Alibi is probably the biggest market in the world as a singular country, but it's one, it's one country, and Nike as a global brand is making so much money across the world and they analyzed this move for at least, I would say, Devin, you can, 
correct me if I'm wrong because you're the marketing guru and you understand the stats and the analytics. They had to analyze this for the the social the, the impact both short term and long term. They had to look at this for at least a year, if not two. And so for me, I know that they're betting on the fact that millennials and the younger generation, the globe over, they like rebellion. They like edgy. Nike has always tied itself to edgy sports figures. And there are a large cadre of kids who are 12 to 18, maybe even 12, you can call them 12 to, to 21, that hold Colin Kaepernick at minimum in, in, in high esteem, even if they don't necessarily relate to him and say, oh, he's a hero or this, that, and the third. They're like, oh, man, he stood up in the, in the great giant NFL machine and the great giant, um, you know, racist president of the United States and all of that is against him. So we're for him. We're for him just for that. We don't understand even what his cause is. We just know he's edgy. We know he's a, 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 a black purveyor of culture. We're, we're behind it. So I think that's the bet that Nike is making. And I wouldn't bet against Nike's marketing and branding machine. And so from that context, I see this working out 30, 20, 30, 40 years from now in Nike's favor. That's my perspective. Um, like you said, I mean, the Nike isn't stupid. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they have a way these days of calculating how much brand exposure you get basically for free. And they've already calculated that uh, their brand exposure on TV, radio, online, and social media since they first announced this campaign has already worth $163.5 million. Now, what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, the, 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 the individual boycotting, people being upset, you know, burning up and cutting up clothes that you've already paid for. That kind of stuff really doesn't hurt a brand like Nike. And even the, the negative exposure on that side, because it's, you know, this is a polarizing issue. This is, so they're getting that same type of polarizing attention. So just as many people that are mad at Nike you know, there's just as many people who are like, oh, man, I support them. Even people that really didn't support Nike in, in the past. So it was definitely a calculated risk. They knew exactly what they, they were doing. And for all of the people out there who were happy to see the stock price fall by 3% and, and wanted to write articles and say that they committed brand suicide, Nike knew exactly what was going to happen in the first few days. They knew that their stock price was going to drop once they did this. But, like, you know how we always say, you know, some people are playing chess and some people are playing checkers. And there's a lot of people that just don't, don't understand the business side of that. Um, but what what's what's maddening and, and make, makes me anxious, like, if you go look at the comment sections or – tweets or, you know, anything negative about this whole thing and about Colin Kaepernick and how people are still out there deflecting and talking about the military and disrespecting the flag and all of this kind of stuff that was explained away over a year ago 
like it just shows you why America is so divisive and why the country is in the state that it's in because nobody really wants to listen to anybody. It's either your point of view and even if you're being, you know, even if people are explaining to you in great detail what something is about, like if you don't like it, you're going to dismiss what they're saying it's about and you're just going to make it about, you know, what you want it to be about. Like somebody asked this question to us earlier in a chat, and I think it was uh, Casey Max. So shout out to him if he's uh, in the chat room in the uh, War Room Sports Game Time app right now. He asked, first of all, like what's wrong? Like when did kneeling become something negative? Because if you look at kneeling in the context of everything else, kneeling is kind of like a, a positive thing. Like we kneel to pray. Um, you know, a lot of people kneel like athletes kneel when somebody gets hurt you know it's that it, it shows respect you kneel in front of kings and queens and stuff like that like why in this particular instance when a service member himself told him that kneeling would be better than simply just sitting down like why is kneeling why do you think be Austin, in this situation why is kneeling looked upon um as such a bad thing um, because of I mean, he, 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 he can go full Mahmoud and just turn his back to the flag, and then right, you know, they gonna go out. And then it would really be on. <laughs> he would he wouldn't get that he wouldn't get that Nike money if he did that. Um, I I believe that people um white white folks in this country have created their own narrative. Um, they are not willing to entertain the facts or entertain alternative perspectives they have decided and they're used to deciding for um, oppressed groups of people what is and is not acceptable and on what terms that they will discuss and engage in conversation and even action around how America will change and how America will behave. That, that's what they do. And so this is uncomfortable. It is a divisive act. And so Keep they're rapping. deciding. Keep rapping. Screen team. Keep rapping real quick. Yeah. They, they've decided that this is the way that they're going to respond and react because they're uncomfortable with the larger discussion or, or more actually more likely that conversation is not important to them because they've decided that, well, you know, police violence against unarmed black men and women is not a, a big enough deal for you to protest in the manner that you're protesting. Listen, for, for you, yeah, our games of amusement. <laughs> year, especially our games of amusement. For years previous in present day, and I will go forward and say into the future, white people's comfort is oftentimes, if not most times, more important than black people, than addressing black people's oppression and black people's issue. White people's white people comfort lives. Lives. is more important than black people's lives in a lot of our discussions at the highest level. And so that speaks to why they choose to ignore what Colin Kaepernick is protesting because 
either A, they're uncomfortable, or B, again, I'll reiterate, B, I feel like it's not even discomfort. It's just, listen, I'll get around to that conversation when I feel like getting around to it, but you guys have had a black president. You guys are able to, you know, you've come so far since Martin Luther King and Medgar (laughs) Evers and and those type of folks. Why are you complaining? Why are you always complaining? There's black-on-black crime. Pull yourself up. We have the bootstrap narrative. Too. Everybody got to pull themselves up by bootstraps. Why are black people always complaining? You can't pull yourself you know up I mean? by bootstraps having been given the boots or the straps. Hello. What? The worst part about the worst part about this whole thing is all of those comments you just said. I heard from a couple of black people, some that we know this week, um, saying those exact things. They went straight to the what about black on black crime? About you know a, a sneaker company. <laughs> back in Colin Kaepernick and you know that's your first defense well what about Chicago and black I'm like come on man Did you really what does that happen it's, <laughs> it's, it's disgusting it really is disgusting and it shows you just how far we have not come when it comes to race in America and we're able to function without you know the white sheets and the white hoods being prevalent, but when it boils down to it, racism and white supremacy are still the culture that permeate American society. Period. So, All right, so let's um, we got some calls on the line. Let's go to the phone line, see what the people want to say about it. Um, and we got the homie Court calling. Um, speaking of Chicago, we got the homie from the shot calling in Court. What's going on? Welcome to the war room, good brother. What up, guys? First of all, I want to say salute to you guys on your eighth anniversary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, we eight years going strong, going strong. I mean, that takes a lot of dedication. That takes a lot of research. I mean, people who listen, they just think you guys just talking and having fun, but they don't understand you guys are real journalists. You guys put hours in, you put work in, and I appreciate that. And I just want to give you guys a salute. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Man, we appreciate it. You don't know what that means to us, man. You, your comments mean more than the groupies that wait outside when we come out of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. You know what? Because his comments is the reason we started doing this. You know what I'm saying? It, like back then, eight years ago, we were like, okay, you know, we're going to incorporate this just because that's what we do. We're 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 business guys, so we got to protect ourselves in certain ways, but we were like, man, if we don't make a a shiny dime this whole time we do this, you know what I'm saying? We at least want to go out there and garner some respect because we want to kind of give something different than what people can see on TV every day or what they can hear on the radio every day, because a lot of those people and what they say is controlled, you know what I'm saying? So people can't always be a hundred percent objective or they can't speak their mind the way that we, you know, that we decided to speak our minds. So no, those those comments, that's that's exactly what we were looking for when we started this. Like, yo, did, so Court, did you? What did you think about this whole Nike and Kaepernick thing when it hit this week? Oh yeah, well, um, I mean, like you guys pretty much touched on it. Nike, I pre- they're pretty much opportunists. To me, it's more about. Yeah. Selling shoes is more about a business. They're looking at the long picture. Because if they was down with Cap, they would have jumped with Cap from the very beginning. So mm-hmm. we, we can't really fall like they down to the people. Kind of before it's more about business how, for them. 
before they saw how everything played out and and found exactly. I mean, because I've heard that I've heard that um, side of it as well. Like people kind of say, you know, they kind of waited until a safer time to jump in. Um, and if you read Gus's uh, um, article on the site, that's exactly what he's saying. Um, but he's also taking it a little farther and you know bringing up the fact that Nike hasn't always been the the most ethical of com- uh, companies because you know everybody's going to bring up that sweatshop argument. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of that in there. So if you if you haven't yet, you know when you get a chance, go to the website and and read that and tell us what you think about it. But yeah, it's, oh, it's, no, but it's no, been no. a lot I've of a couple, angry people. <laughs> And uh, I want you, uh, for you got for your listeners, because I know you guys got listeners. For the listeners out there, please listen to Van Lathan's interview with Jason Whitlock. He read oh, Jason God. Whitlock his rights. You guys got to check that out. I mean, no, you read Kanye yeah. his rights. Oh, I got to check it out. I was I, I, oh, I yeah. purposely been trying to stay away from Jason Whitlock this week about this whole thing, but I got to go check that out. <laughs> oh yeah, he read him his rights, bro. He read him his rights. He really did. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand brothers like Whitlock sometimes, man. Like there used to be things that he said, you know, as a journalist when he, when when he was kind of staying away, shying away from, you know, his real thoughts on his own people. You know what I'm saying? There was some stuff I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm never because I hold myself to such standards. To you know, to be objective, you know, there's really nobody out there where I just disagree with every single thing that they're saying. Like I can, I can see, I can get some stuff from anybody. Like okay, I can understand that, I can agree with that. And then there's other stuff like, man, you're crazy. So it used to be like that with Jason Whitlock, but it's like now every time he opens his mouth, I can't find anything that I can agree with. Because <laughs> like, it seems like now he's doing it on purpose. Like he knows yeah. that's his, and that's his what- rep. He's gonna go with it because he hey, gets a boss, lot of money to do it. Hey, boss, right, what right. you want me to go on there and say today at the gun line, boss? <laughs> My man, like, look, if I, can, if I can make a whole lot of money doing this, then I accept it. And now I'm just gonna go overboard with it. I'm gonna go extreme with it. So that's what I feel he's been doing for the last five years or so. All right, so that's the, uh, um, that's anything that's else you want to wrap up? Yeah, yeah, we don't want to hijack you with our topic. Anything oh yeah, yeah. but now like I, actually I had a couple of sports things I was wanting to get at, but I mean yeah, with the climate right now where we at, and plus listen to the beginning of the show, just all I'm on is just caffeinating all this stuff that's going on. So my last thing I want to touch on, do you guys just a hypothetical? Do you guys think, let's just say Lavar Ball, for as polarizing as he is, let's just say if if, if he would have reached out to Colin Kaepernick. Do you guys think that Kaepernick would have did a deal with Big Baller Brand? Why Why would he when LeVar Ball is almost the same thing as Jason Whitlock? <laughs> you know, B. You know, you know, B. Now, that's one dude, B. He can't find nothing. Now, he's a, he's a prime example. Like, I can I can listen to LeVar talk and be like, yo, I see that. But then I can, on other things, I'm like, dude, you need to chill. I can't. Um, the only reason I'm going to say no is because um, I found out through reading that Colin Kaepernick was signed to Nike this whole time. So he wouldn't have been able to do anything with LeVar Ball if he wanted to. He's been signed to Nike oh, okay. ever since you know he was still 
Colin Kaepernick going to the Super Bowl. They were just, you know, they were putting him, putting his face out in, in their ads like they used to while all of this stuff was going on. So, yeah, he's still been there since like 2011 or so, but he, they're just now putting him in the forefront of an advertising. Okay, campaign. so he always been a part of Nike. I didn't know that. He always been right, a part right, of Nike. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, that, so that's another thing we found out this week, like all of this time, you know, standing with Cap and a lot of people boycotting the league because of Cap. Like, Cap was still getting a check, and I'm not mad at that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we tell people that all the time. Like, why do people think that activism, like, why do you have to be broke to be an activist? Why you got to be broke? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, activism, activism doesn't mean this is poverty. Like, it's kind of better if you have some change if you're an activist because you can sometimes put your money where your mouth is, like Cap has done, you know, to, to get some things done. So I'm not mad at him for that. The, the only thing that was always strange to me is while we were all out here stomping for Cap, like, he never said anything. After that first time that he explained why he was uh, protesting, like, he didn't say anything. So we didn't know where his head was. Like, look, dude, are you even trying to get back into the NFL? Because that's how some people's boycotts are kind of, you know, plotted out. Like, well, I'm not watching until Cap gets a job. But I'm sitting back here myself. Like, I don't even know if Cap wants a job. Have y'all asked him? Right. Has he told you? Right. <laughs> he ain't said nothing. But, <laughs> he ain't said but nothing. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I definitely couldn't be on my, well, I'm not going to watch it until Cap gets a job. Because, you know, I don't know if Cap wants to play in the NFL. And judging by the fact that he has a standing collusion case against the NFL, that would tell me at this point, no, because you're not going to play in the NFL while you are suing them. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, I, I, I would like to hear from him more. So, you know, all these people that support him will kind of know which direction we should be going. Like we need to get, we need some guidance on this. But no, I, I but, actually, but, I feel, but, I feel the, I feel the complete opposite of that. Like for me, mm-hmm. I think his silence spoke more because he was, he did the work while he was silent. So, and no, I also no, feel that, like no, Jim, that, right. that's fine. All I'm saying is for the people, because you, you know the, the people too. I mean, yours is totally different, but there's a lot of people out there who's like been boycotting the NFL until Cap gets a job. I still hear that. Like yesterday, I saw somebody post that. Like I'm still not watching the season until Cap gets a job. I'm like. Like, but the, we don't even know if Cap wants a job. That's all I'm saying. Like, he he needs to tell yeah. those people. Like, I oh, mean, but he did. But the thing is, the boy thing is he did in between the time. In between the time he made the first statement, and in between the time he made the first statement, he did come out and say, "I want to play." That was all he said. But he did say that. He said, "I want to play." I'm still working out. I'm in great shape. He said that, but that was like after he made that one statement, and you know he said it. But that's pretty much all he said. Um, and I don't and even think that's an like, issue now, though, because, you know, he got the case against him. So if if you're boycotting t- to see him get a job, then you might be waiting for a very long time because he might be out of that yeah. now. But, you no, know, Jimmy's right. At, at um, the beginning, uh, he was working out. He even unless, took some visits, took some visits with the Ravens. Unless the, boycott, unless the collusion case was like, maybe if I put this case together, They'll throw me a bone, you know what I mean, as opposed to going through with it. Like, you know, now you got a job. But at the same time, though. Like, like settlement? You know, um, type. You're settle yeah, out of, yeah out of, I mean. I give it him a gift. Because the thing is, we, I, 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 we all know that he's never playing again. He's never playing again. So yeah. it was like a last-ditch effort at Hail Mary. And, and also, you know, considering the league lost summary judgment, there's something there. Um, I see what you did Because there. if there was Football nothing there. The, the Hail Marys and stuff <laughs> like that. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bars. But um, hey, but, man, thanks for your call, man. You know we appreciate the support, good brother. <laughs> one more thing, though, Dad. One more thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you guys? This is what I think. I think that we we really need for a star, not just one. We need for star white athletes to to really start stepping up. I, I believe you guys said this a couple of shows ago, but that's what we really need. We need to start having these star white athletes to stand up, just the way Nike want to want to uh, come behind the call, but they just want to have them on the yeah, yeah, I mean, right. that's what we need. Okay. Yeah, we do. Like, I hate to, like, have to depend on that, but having that would bring out the hypocrites because, you know, Aaron Rodgers said something, but I wasn't as excited about what he said as a lot of other people were because it's still his words. If Aaron Rodgers came out, took a knee, threw the fist up, or, you know, put his arm around his black brothers while they were doing yeah. it, just anything more than just lip service, you know what I'm saying? That would test the hypocrisy of the people. Like, let's see if they get mad at Aaron Rodgers like that. Especially, you know, you know the people in Green Bay aren't going to get mad at him, but you know some of them are already mad at Kaepernick. So, you know, that tested, it tests out the, the hypocrisy. And maybe they hear it from somebody that they, they want to give time to. Not that it's going to change their mind, but like I said, it's just going to highlight the hypocrisy because they're going to probably not be as mad at that person. They're probably going to even start to say things like, well, I kind of understand what you're saying, but we've been saying it for over a year. So, yeah, I mean, I think it would definitely help. Like I said, I don't like to depend on it. I mean, if you look through history, that has always helped the movement when you had some people from, you know, that race who were 100% down for it and ready to risk it all. (laughs) But, Court, man, thanks for your call. You know, we always appreciate it. All right, guys. All right, keep that Jordan slander coming. Keep that Jordan slander coming. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. All right. Yeah. So, Tobias, hang tight. We're about to come to you. I wanted to get some some opinion Jimmy since he just jumped on. Jim, this was was, um, um, one of the, the things that started coming out later in the week, even for people that were supporting the Nike move and people that support Kyle Kaepernick, there's been that the notion like, okay, after further thought, like Nike is just doing what the company does. Because, you know, Nike started to get a lot of support, even people who didn't really bang with Nike before. Like, man, I'm going to support them for this move. But then it seems like yeah. upon further, further review, I hear more people saying, well, Nike's just being opportunist right now. You know, they're, they, they, you know, Threw him out there at the at the opportune time, and you know they're they're just doing that. Do you think that that's you know the case, or do you think it's genuine? All right, but here, this this is very interesting to me because, and we actually fall in this bucket. I'm getting ready to say what I noticed is people had an immediate emotional reaction to the ad. Then, right. once the people came, once the people who made their thoughts known, the people who were um, how should I put this? People that move culture, or people that tell other people how to think. And you know, mm-hmm. and this is this is like not not to not to you know jump on our own wood, Paul's, But but people have told us like I was waiting to hear how y'all stepped off the topic to kind of like make their mind up, right? So, I mean, you know um, me, I knock my own, like I'm on my own. You can <laughs> keep it. I already know that shot. We are cultural right? influences. We tell them what to say. Because because the thing is, I have a love hate relationship with Nike myself, and for me, it's not just about the child labor. 
my love hate relationship with Nike is just like just because I, I just think that I'm thorough and I was brought up that when everybody goes right, you go left. And Nike is so Nike is like Apple. It's like that brand that is so powerful that just the logo itself has power. Yeah, and I come from a, a he's talking to you, Phil Maddox. They can you tell you part in three days. I, I, no, no, but I wouldn't even say no, nothing not, not to put But I, and me and Phil had this conversation last night. I was telling him, I was like, you know, what, what kind of like started turning me on Nike is when I actually read Phil Knight's memoirs and to see where he took it from to where he got it. It's like I was completely impressed. And it's, called, it's a book called Shoe Dog, by the way, for those, you know what I mean? Because I got to get my book recommendations on here. It's a book called Shoe Dog, which journeys his life. And when you see where he took it from, I was like, damn, like, how could I not appreciate him? But at the same time, that's why I said I have a love hate relationship. When this, stood, right. when this news broke, I thought it was thorough just because I couldn't believe the amount of tears I saw coming from the tartar sauce community. Like, they were so upset. Like, like they were so upset. I couldn't no. believe it. They were more upset at, they were more, um, you know, I see you finally catching on. I, they were more upset at this than, than, the, than like, Kaepernick. Like, they, I mean, I couldn't believe it. So I actually found that entertaining. But when I think about where Nike stands and what they're doing, to me, they're, they're a company. A company's only responsibility, in my opinion, is to its shareholders and nobody else. So whether you feel like they're leaning towards the left, leaning towards the right, I feel like they're doing what's in the best interest of their shareholders, which interesting right. is and – and I am a shareholder of Nike because as much Nike slander as I have – as much slander as I have for companies like Nike and Apple, and I just said that I always compare those two, I actually own stock in both of them. And the reason being is yeah. because when you build a brand that strong, you know that they'll, they'll always have amazing revenue. They pay amazing dividends, and it's a great investment. So, And I'm not giving investment advice to anybody listening. I'm not telling you to go buy that, so don't try to kill me. If it's, you know. Anyway, but my point is their <laughs> yeah, only obligation the first is, stock I ever bought. I bought Nike stock in college. Yeah. And not because thing, I was like, smart, because so I wore Nikes. It's what you know. It's what you know. Like for yeah. me, right? And this show, this show, this, this show, how much? This, this show, how? Be awesome. Listen to this. This show, how I'm a complete fat boy. The first two stocks I bought were Coca-Cola and McDonald's, right? And it's not just because I'm a fat boy. It's, 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 it's the fact that it's the, it's the fact that there's certain brands, right, that are more powerful than anything they do. Who doesn't know the Golden Arches? Who doesn't know the Coca-Cola logo? Like companies like Nike, Apple, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Home Depot. These brands only owe they owe nothing to us. They owe nothing socially. And some people have a different opinion. Like companies should be socially responsible. A company's only obligation is to its shareholders. Yeah. So even if ever, even and, if and, you and, know, even if you know you have shareholders who really hate Colin Kaepernick's guts, you're what Jimmy is trying to tell you guys. Your responsibility to them is financial. So if you know. You're yeah. going to do something controversial, but it's going to be, in the long run, it's going to be beneficial and, and, financially. That's all you and, have. And all of us, all of us all have been to business school, right? So there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing called social capital, right? So even when you see a company who does good deeds in the community and who does good things, that's about building up social capital. So even that is done to build value to the shareholder. So yeah. if anyone actually reads Nike's reports and one drops within the next week or so, the quarterly uh, report report, and you look at the demographics that they skew, I didn't even recognize this till recently that Nike skews very young in comparison to other brands. Like, oh, two thirds of the people that buy Nike products are, are younger than 40 years old. That's right. very young in terms of how a company skews. 
And what I also noticed is there was a big sell-off on Nike stock the day after this whole news broke. But then there was a huge a block of purchase stocks um, on Robinhood, which is which skewed to a younger demographic. So it looks like millennials are actually buying into Nike from an investment standpoint. And yeah. a lot of them, Colin Kaepernick is their Ali. And no, I'm not comparing him to Ali because it's different situations, different circumstances, different times. But this is their guy. Right, they 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 don't they're not as connected or as close to other guys as we are. So this is their guy, and they support this. Their demographic supports this. So and also Nike to me is interesting how they they can like live with controversy. When I look back at the history, which is also like mentioned in the book, and you talk about the things that Barkley went through, throwing somebody through a window, spitting on a little girl. Nike stood by him. When Tiger lost Buick, he lost Gillette. He lost everything. Nike stood by him. They had just signed Kobe when Kobe allegedly took the booty and they stood by him, right? So they have a history of standing by their athletes, good, bad, or indifferent. And also what's interesting about Nike is they have a LeBron and a Kaepernick who, you know, um, are quote-unquote, and this is not my opinion, but what the media will tell you, are revolutionary. But they also have someone like a Michael Jordan who, who you know, is, is Republicans buy sneakers too. So they they run the gamut like so I don't even think they're taking a side when you look when you look at where they stand overall they're 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 doing business we we're going to go right. this way and we're going to go this way right but i mean the reaction is crazy but i think that's the reaction in 2018 and it's also a situation where i can't really get at him and i don't want to say anything overtly racist so this is my way of being racist without being racist because people don't understand how stupid their arguments sound like when you think about this right um, on, on, a, on, a, on a bigger level, you're saying you're mad at a company for supporting a guy who kneels to bring attention to oppression to people who are being oppressed. Right. This is what you're like mad. How at. much of a monster so do you have to be? <laughs> you are burning your sneakers, and it's funny because that meme that was like going viral about the Catholic Church that was like the realest thing I've ever seen. Sometimes memes are actually funny, and that was a good one. Like y'all mm-hmm. didn't get this mad at the Catholic Church, like you really didn't. And they smashed I mean, it. The the hypocrisy is crazy. Like the Catholic Church is literally out here taking your little boy's manheimen, and y'all don't even care about that. But this dude Neil just to bring attention. So it just it's, it's, it's so many things that go into the story which can make such an interesting story. Because I couldn't I ain't see nobody the burning their black star's ham when the when the dude Jared at Subway was doing what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, you told me something earlier because I saw people I saw that story on IG, on Twitter, about Ford and the F- uh, Ford coming out in defense of the players. I didn't even realize right. that was from last year until you said it. It was a year ago. Like, yeah, Damn. people are posting that like it's a new story. Like, okay, they're coming behind Nike saying that they support the players and what they're doing. No, that that's from September of 2017, and you haven't heard a peep about it until now when people think that they followed up Nike. People, people not yeah. giving up them F one fifties. I don't see nobody driving, jumping out the moving vehicle and letting their F one fifty ride off a cliff. But, but you got people out here Yo, burning man, their man, shoes man. while they're still on their feet. I, I guarantee yeah. you. I guarantee you. If I guarantee you that if we took the time, this for my nerds out there, if we took the time to run a regression model, there would be a huge correlation between people who own F one fifties. You know, the descendants of slave owners. That, 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 number, that, number, that number would light up and jump off the chart. So Yo, Jimmy got a lot of line. Don DeMarcos this evening, man. A lot of Don DeMarcos, man. I mean, because um, I've been thinking about that. 
I've been waiting for you to talk about this topic because, like, to me, like oh. the reaction, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, wow. No, I, I could I could believe it and, and there's another thing that we say on this pro program which which credit to credit to you, um, about how history will perceive people when we look back on a particular time and space or a particular date in history or time period. And when you look at this and you trace the behavior and you, you really examine how putrid and how disgusting and how bestial these folks are in being so angry at a, at a human being standing up against oppression. When people look back on this 15, hey, on the 20, side. 40, hey, yo, 50 you know what, years from now. You're going you're gonna, you're gonna to be on the wrong side, Jim. You're going to be on that Patriot that is, sideline, not that Eagle sideline. Yo, that, that is that is, that is, that is, <laughs> yo, that's a fire and, here, and here's what's unique about that, right? What's unique about that is you see people now, and they talk about Dr. King, and even some people, not most, but some people talk about X is like, oh, man, what great humans they were. But when I read history, and you can actually read newspaper clippings, like, yo, Dr. King no. used to get punched in his face just walking down the street. Like, and I'm talking about he used to get vitriol and hate from his own people, from the other side. No one is making that. And it's crazy. There's HBO has a documentary about the last like couple of years of his life, and it's like it's literally one of the saddest things I've ever seen. I watched it on a plane, and yo, by the time I uh, uh, landed, I was like, yo, um, I was uh, my allergies was acting up. Let's put it that way. Um, yo, but the thing white is, people didn't like history, Muhammad Ali. White people didn't like Muhammad another Ali great until another great until, until he couldn't talk and was sick. They didn't like but him. But here's the interesting about that. If you ask any of them now, they say, no, I was always, I always, you know, like that. Right. I always was on this side, right? But here's what's interesting is now you're putting your thoughts out there. Screenshots live forever. So this generation is not going to be able to do what the other one did and just have a revisionist history. Shout out to Malcolm Gladwell. You're not going to be able to have revisionist history because now those screenshots going to live forever and those messages and thoughts that you put out there. And I do think about, like, how people fall in terms of history, Right. Um, and shout out to uh, George W. Bush, right? Because I never forget when he left office, he was like, yo, history's going to tell my, uh, he said, I don't care what none of y'all say, history will tell how good or bad I did as a president. And it, it's, I bring that up because it's funny now with the president we have, people are like, yo, I wish Bush was back. Like, anyway, but, um, <laughs> so, but you're, you're bringing up a great point time. because it's going to be interesting to see, like, yo, Kaepernick is, in history is going to be looked at like, like an Ali, even though it's not the same. I don't, and I hate, I hate saying that because people try to jump into you comparing him to him, and that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Ali was at a whole different level. But at the same time, that's how history is going to do that because of marketing. And also now, we know how Nike can make you a god. Nike has the marketing ability to put you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, like you said, you know, a lot of people are going to have them hard drives. They're going to bring it out. You know, when people start lying. Yes, they will. But, um, we're going to get to the phone lines because we got Tobias on the line. But I just want to add a statistic I found to what Jimmy was saying. Um, you know, not only do they have such a large contingency of customers under the age of 40, but 60% of their full-year revenue is generated outside of North America. And y'all know a lot of people oh, outside good. of America and overseas, yeah, they don't yeah. like how America handles race issues in the first place. 
So that's anyway, going to be a winning pool of cash. You got all of these people that are so happy that their stock dropped like that, but that happens around any controversy. It's going to do that. But you know what? <laughs> you can tell who doesn't understand that. the market. Uh, listen, I follow the stock market every day. The day that that stock dropped three percent, the entire market was down. Like maybe I think like four percent. Adidas was down. Adidas was down six percent over that same time period. Oh. Now and then, Adidas went down six. So my thing is, it had nothing to do with that. It's just a regular right. market swing. You know what I'm saying? So people can no, say no, 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 no. no. You know, that's more narrative that doesn't fit the narrative. Right. <laughs> I know facts don't matter. Facts don't matter. Facts, facts never matter. Facts never matter. All right, let me. I'm Tobias Pollard, man. He keeps saying he's gonna get to me. I wanna give a shout out to Skyview and the um. In the uh, chat room, um, he said he's disappointed in a few of his white friends. He said Nike needs an invitation to this year's Players Ball for that one. Um, a renewed shout out to Randy Jean Moss, uh, and then he, you know, the the support one. He said y'all should have passed the rock in honor of eight successful years. You're right, we should have done that. We ain't playing this. <laughs> we messing up. But he said, by the way, congrats. Very professionally run show. Eight years, not by accident. Thank you, Skyview. You. And you know, you know that your support is important to us, man, and we appreciate it um, as well. So let's get to uh, Tobias, another longtime supporter who's been on the line for a long time. It's not my fault, Tobias. It's Jimmy and B. What's up, man? My fault, Tobias. Hey, this is Someone why I go up. to white podcast. They get to you. See how black <laughs> folks really <laughs> work, man? <laughs> What's going on, fellas? What's going on, fellas? Hey, first thing, good, good stuff for eight years, man. Happy for you guys. Before I get to my Kaepernick thing, got to ask y'all one question. Did y'all see my boy last week, Tua, the GOAT, Tonga Viola, last so week? People don't know. People don't understand. Tobias has been talking about Tua in the group chat for a year you know, now since that game. Well, yeah, for a year definitely, but since that game, before it pop also. up randomly like every two days. Like y'all see how my man Tua was throwing that thing around the yard, and I think people like hey. purposely be ignoring him just to get under your skin. But <laughs> no, I mean, hey, don't worry. We agree with you. At, like Jalen, hey. at this point, it's time for your man Saban to stop you know, sparing that man's feelings and stop with this two. And the only reason he's going to do this two quarterback thing is because, you know, there's nobody that's going to be able to beat Alabama. But I bet you when they go against stiffer competition, it's going to be, you know, the time is going to be doled out a little bit differently. Jalen Hurts is going yeah. to be in there on rundowns. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, what people don't understand about switching quarterback is that, one, you break up the rhythm of the other guy. Uh, that's the one thing, and two, especially especially the speak. guy that can actually get into a rhythm. Hurts not going. Yeah, he can throw the ball, and uh, <laughs> and see what people don't realize about passing. Alabama was god awful the past two years on third down because he had a guy that couldn't throw. He'll run. He'll wait a half second in the pocket and start running. But this guy here could throw the ball because some because against a great stiff competition, you have to throw the ball. You, it, you have to take risk. Sometimes you may throw a pick. Who cares? But sometimes you got to take those chances, though. And uh, But about Kaepernick, MAGA is hot. MAGA is hotter matter than a hornet. Uh, but, but it's like I'm not even looking at it like Nike cares about the community. It's a business. It's mm-hmm. a business. They're about making money. 
And this guy registered what what MAGA doesn't uh, they don't want to understand. Not just black people. Young people are registering with Kaepernick. Young people are like like believing this story. And I've always believed none of this would have happened. Yes, I believe none of this would have happened if it, if the NFL some team would have given him a shot in camp. Just a shot. None of this would be happening right now because he probably would have had a job. The story would have gone away after a press conference or two in MAGA. And also, MAGA, hey, guys, burning your jump mans don't count as burning your Air Jordans. Nobody claims jump mans or your good sporting goods Nikes or, or your TJ Maxx shorts. <laughs> no, but no, you're right. I mean, they're playing their own part into making him a martyr. So, you know, don't get mad when he gets this kind of attention. Like y'all rooted against him get getting another NFL job. <laughs> and he's getting a check. He, he's going to get a check for the NFL inclusion suit. They're going to have to cut him a really huge check. And but people, like I listened to you guys earlier, who that like you got these coons like Whitlock talking about he's in it for the money. Uh, Kaepernick was trying to have a job, but they took his job away because he stood up for black people. And everybody keeps talking. About, well, we want him to speak. But he spoke already when he first did it. How many times do you want him to talk in circles about it? And uh, especially when he well, got this suit going on. I don't understand. And, you know, Jimmy and I and B, we, we've talked about this plenty of times. We just don't understand why people think that activists have to be poor. Don't. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. that. Like, you got to forego I mean, all payments. They, oh, he, he getting yeah, a check, that, so he's not real. That, that, is utterly, that is utterly ridiculous, yo. Like, who said black you got to be poor to get, get more done with the a black paycheck? one? Yeah, that, that, that's true. That's true, too, because right now they call him Bill Gates an activist because of the way he's running his foundation. But he's one of the richest men in the world. So he gets, he gets to be an activist and have bread, but other people can't. <laughs> hey, guys, I, I got to bring this up. I know y'all know who Richard Spencer is. Richard Spencer, mm-hmm. one yes, of the biggest white supremacists on earth. He, he's actually the yes. face of it. But he gets funded by so many rich white people behind the scenes. But also, his family has money. <laughs> so he's not poor. But yet, you got the white supremacists here who can have money. The way to get your agenda pushed <clears> is <throat> to have money to fund those organizations, to get access to the government. They know, that. they know that, and so it's been reversed in popular culture. Uh, the image of the, the the struggling artist or the poor activist has been pushed because it fits their agenda. How many poor activists are ever really going to be successful? So if the notion was pushed that you have to have an economic base in order to affect change, would have changed long ago. That's why we don't concentrate in our movements on the economic uh, sustainability, but more the validity of the cause and being true to it and all of that. If you have the money, Don DeMarco, DeMarco, if you, I always wanted Don DeMarco. If you have the, if you have the economic base and power to buy policy, then things get changed. To pick on a particular segment of people who do this, look at certain Asian communities. Salute to them. They do not come out and vote. They band together and they buy the politicians and the policy that they need <laughs> to impact their community. That's what that's it. 
special you know interest, y'all. And let's be honest here, guys and gals. I heard, like, Shannon Sharp was talking about, like, this morning, I listened to him while I was getting ready to help hop on the plane. Uh, we were talking about, like, the NFL likes Mike, Mike, Michael Jen- Jenkins. No disrespect to him. They look at he's like a Martin Luther King type. We you know Kaepernick is like a Malcolm X. But the thing with a lot of black people, I need them to understand who listen to this. Dr. King did not get assassinated because he wanted to integrate the lunch counter. He was he got assassinated because he was fighting on people getting their check, the reparations, and fighting for the poor people yeah. in the economy. That's yep. see, that's why I want people to understand. Trying to get their approval and integrating, they ain't gonna get you killed. That get you pat on the head, get you a handshake, even get you a check because oh, get this. Look at him, he's so cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Integrate, integrate. You guys, you guys can have a white girl every now. Man, and you know you can yep. one or two of you can live in this neighborhood, but when you start, when it starts having Im- impact on a socioeconomic level, yo, we got to get rid of that dude. Yeah, we got to get rid of yo, him. I'm telling y'all, it's that yo, it's, it's a documentary. It's called King in the Wilderness. If none of y'all have seen that, look up this documentary called King in the Wilderness. Show it's like it's so powerful because. It gives you a different perspective of of how he's like when his birthday comes around they celebrate and they show like you know they show the I have a dream speech and all that and yo if you see his other speeches and some of his more revolutionary so Dr King really was a revolutionary but they're not gonna tell you that part um yeah. you know what I'm saying he learned you know, um, take, the, and, take the soft parts and he, and <laughs> and he was getting funded too he was getting bread and he was out there getting yams like you know what I'm saying so he had a whole other side to him but. Yo, look at King King in the Wilderness. It's, it's a great documentary. It's on HBO. But um, you know, to your point about him talking about economics, when he starts talking about economics, next thing you know, my man is out of here. You talk about civil yeah. rights all day long. You start talking about that bread. We got a we got issues. That that may that may or may not become an issue with this whole Nike supporting um, Kaepernick. Uh, the other young lady that plays tennis and um, and LeBron because LeBron and his team are about that socioeconomic needle moving and that's one of the dudes that I feel a little bit of fear for. I'm not quite sure where LeBron lands in terms of his activism, but if he's going to fall a little bit further to the left and just get a little more radical with the amount of money that he makes and generates, they might have to get the fuck out of here because he's too too influential and makes too much money move, even more so than Kaepernick. Kaepernick is an irritant. That's why I... He's an to them. But when you start making yeah. money move, then you become a threat. They're okay with yeah, irritants. And that's why, okay that's why it's up to us to protect. We got, we, got to, we got to protect the people that are looking out for our best interests. If you believe, Ooh. indeed, they're looking out for our best interests. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that could be debated too. But I mean, that, that's a whole other show. But Tobias, man, great points, man. As always. Um, hey, hey, hey know, can, can I say this one here. last thing real quick? Go ahead. Like y'all talk about LeBron, real quick. LeBron got. Remember, everybody know the story about LeBron helping his boys out, putting them on. But see what happens? A lot of black people who got rich and made it don't do what LeBron did. In case something does happen, he got people he put on. He made kings out of them so they could solve for that blow in case white supremacy come after him. He's not going to be alone. Tobias, Tobias, there's a reason that people try and make nepotism out to be a bad thing when nepotism is actually a good thing. 
Salute to but LeBron you know and that. If, if you ever if you ever listen to Maverick Carter in an interview or Rich Paul, they tried that. What I mean by that is they tried they tried the whole uh, the Rockefeller thing that like we going we going um we going to kill whatever you're building just by getting you in different rooms and telling you this about that person that about that person like people tried it. other agents tried that like with his friends and everything like you know you got to separate yourself you got to do this and they went to him like you don't need your friends and you know what I mean so the people tried them but the fact is it wasn't just his loyalty it's also their loyalty to him their so that loyalty, goes both ways. Yeah. yeah that but goes hey, both God, ways you they guys always, have a good weekend guys all right you too man roll damn tide <laughs> Yeah, they've always had his back, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so, man, interesting times we're living in, man. I feel like I feel like we're doing this podcast in the 1960s, man. It's 2018. What's popping? No, right. <laughs> we back to the I'm future. Ready to go, I'm ready to go sit at the, the counter. Room. or something. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go sit at the <laughs> counter or something, man. What's popping? You punched in my face. All right, so real quick, man. Stat of the week <laughs> before we move on uh, to some grind topics. This is the stat of the week. It's a baseball stat. MLB teams were now listen to this zero and four hundred and eighty seven this season when down by six or more runs entering the eighth inning. The Red Sox put an end to that streak this week as they overcame a seven to one deficit to the Braves and uh came back and beat them nine to eight in Atlanta. So yo, if you down basically you down six runs or more going into the eighth, you cooked. Only one team games this season that had that situation actually won the game. That's crazy. So the Red right, Sox, so, um, the Red Sox basically said anything is possible. <laughs> go, hey, that's Boston for you. They Boston strong. <laughs> My God. Um, all right. So real quick before Jimmy tell us what happened while we're on the grind, uh, y'all can check out our website. Sports.com. But if you guys want to uh, talk about any of the topics that we're rapping about today, just dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323 Press 1 when if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to holler. Yes, sir. And it's time to talk about what happened while you were on the grind, and that is brought to you by Sports the Book. If you're tired of reading trash sports book, here's what you do. You go to sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com and you pick up sports the book. It's uh, the single greatest sports book ever written, the Illmatic of sports books, and you have to get it. You got to make sure you pass it around. You know, it's all about that literature. But don't miss the movement. But, yo, I got I got a couple of topics I want to bring up uh, before we, you know, move on and talk to birthdays. Um, the first one, and uh, shout, out to my, uh, shout out to our brothers, uh, Phil and Survive from Tissue and the Tapes of uh I'm on their recent episode getting ready to drop, and they asked me a question about the Philly special statue, uh, which is placed outside of the link. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, everybody, it just happened um, in the Super Bowl, and there's already a statue of it. A shout to, uh, you know, Bud Light, you know what I'm saying, for doing what they're doing, looking out for shareholder value. You know what I'm looking out for their shareholders, doing something to get attention in terms of marketing. Um but the question they asked me, and I'm a, I'm gonna steal their question: uh, Is it too soon? Um, Never. See now, because you know, I I gotta stay objective because I, I'm a, I've I've been hard on all that, but I've been hard on a lot of on the culture lately of everybody gets a statue. 
as soon as you retire, you're getting a statue. As soon as you retire, you're getting a statue. Um, I, like to to be honest, to be honest, to be real, it's too soon. But then you also have to think about what what soon means in a city like Philadelphia for a franchise like the Eagles. Like a lot of those fans waited a long time for that. So yo, their whole life. I don't know. And I, and I always razz Phil about you know because he's a 49ers fan. I always talk about. Especially because they just made the announcement like last month that they're going to make a statue of the catch. And, you know, I've seen the catch a million times. And I think it's one of the most overrated moments catch in NFL trash. history. So, catch so, 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 so shout out to Phil. Like I told him yesterday, Philly special greater than the catch. You know, that might have led to Yo, some stuff where you good. might give it credit for leading to some stuff, but this actually won a Super Bowl. And for such a star fan base, like, I don't think it's going to be anybody out there that's thinking, man, it's too soon. But, you know, I'm yeah, different I'm how we look at the culture, the I'm cold a, off culture. I'm going to recycle my bars like I went on a radio show and spit bars and then, like, spit them on my album. So this is my album right here. Oh, um, I do that every week. What, what I, if I'm on something else. Yo, basically, <laughs> basically <laughs> when we do football picks, I'm about to do my whole cover two thing. <laughs> I, I answered the question with a question, which is, what does it mean to be too soon in 2018? 10, 15 years ago, I probably would have said this is too soon. But in 2018, the way things, like, just come and go so fast, I don't even know what too soon means. Like, So are we yo, compromising our beliefs based on the time we live in? or I didn't say anything about my beliefs, though. You, you know why I, know I would say it's too soon, soon, though? Because the principles, the statue are still there. Like, this is still Philadelphia. At some point, yeah. the Eagles are going to fall off. Could be this year. And they're going to be the coach's job. You know what I'm saying? And but, the quarterback but, is just but a to me, So he might be straight. But you also, have to look at, you also have to look at what it was. It was a gift from Bud Light. Like, so it, this is part of Bud Light's marketing, right? So the season's getting ready to start. You know, the whole dilly-dilly, Philly-Philly thing, like, they, they're, they're mm-hmm. capitalizing on that and that relationship and that, uh, that whole moment by, okay, the season getting ready to start. How are we going to, like, draw attention to Bud Light? Because it came from Bud Light. It was tweeted on their account. It was on Bud Light Instagram stories, Facebook stories. And so I look at it for what it's worth. Yeah. They're jumping on the thing because two weeks from now, ain't nobody going to care anyway. Once the season starts, then nobody care about the statue. <laughs> Do you know how how much of a godsend it was to Bud Light that the Eagles won the Super Bowl in the midst of that it was whole campaign time. with the – Right, like the fact that it rhymes with the, the, the tagline of the commercial – like, it was so perfect mm-hmm. for them. Because, you know, if everybody knows, if you go around from city to, from NFL city to NFL city, Bud is an NFL sponsor. So every city you go into, those same billboards you think they, you know, showing your team all this love when you ride through Philly, they got them same billboards everywhere else with a different logo on Yeah. But um, like, we, like me and Jimmy was just saying, it was like the perfect timing for Philly to actually win the Super Bowl because they had this whole – medieval uh, campaign going on where every commercial said dilly dilly. So now you can add dilly dilly, Philly, Philly. They're making so much money off of that, especially in the, the you know, yeah. Philly region. <laughs> it's a shame. So, so that's I what guess, I'm yeah. So for me, like, they figured, like it's, not about, it's, it's not about my beliefs. I'm just talking about what the facts are. So it's not how I believe. I'm not saying how I believe one way or another. I'm just saying the facts are in 2018, Things go fast because, and I, and we always blame social media, but it's social media in combination with the twenty four seven news cycle. That information co- comes and goes so fast. 
which is why, like, when athletes get in trouble, it's like, yo, you can just weather the storm for this one day. Ain't nobody going to care tomorrow because somebody else is going to do something stupid. <laughs> and, yeah. and shout out but, to them because they keep, they keep us employed because we always got something to talk about. It, you know, it could be, like, no sports going on. Somebody either beating up their woman, they're getting locked up, they're inside of trading, they, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they keep us employed because so, that 24 is always something to talk about. Yo, I, I know this is completely and utterly unrelated. I just have to bring this up, man. Yo, did y'all know Lamar Odom had 12 strokes and six heart attacks? I, yeah, I, I had that no idea where too. that came from, but I, I didn't know that. From the drug Yeah, I, Yeah. Um, he was on that Kevin Hart like, he, saying, talking about that. That little, uh, when they he, be in the ice tub talking. How, are he, yeah, how he was, is he still here? Yeah, he did all that in the coma. So I, I mean, maybe it was controlled since they had him. You know, he was in a comatose state. I don't know. I don't know nothing about medicine. I'm just making stuff up right now. But, yo, one last yo, thing about I mean, too soon, for, especially for Phil and Survive. Like, no, real talk, I would say it's too soon. And, and for the for the reason I had already started on, the fact that the pe- the principles of the statue are still here. Um, second year, the coach wins a Super Bowl. He could go the next six years and not even make the playoffs, and that statue going to start to get vandalized. And they're gonna be calling for his head. So is that yo, like I, that kind of stuff? Yo, you gotta give fans time to decompress. You gotta give fans yo, time I to honestly, decompress, and then you bring it I back as a positive memory that. from a few years back. Yo, I'm telling you, I've never, I've, I've, I've been born right. and raised in Philadelphia, been here forever. I've never felt energy like this in the city before the football season ever. And what I mean by that is, it's like, yo, it's like people got their meal now. They're content, like. It almost like people don't get me wrong. They're going to be there cheering. They're going to like go through the ups and downs of a football season. But I don't think they care as much. They're legit, yo, like we yo, about we to got be, it. Yo, Eagles about to be seven and nine. And guess what? Six they're probably still. They're, they're, they're going to block. They're yo. They're going to block a block off. They're going to put the seat John up, and they're going to watch the Patriots Eagles again. That's what they're going to do. Like. It, 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 it's it's yo, it's really it's very weird. So for, for that even, reason, I don't even in Philly, Jim. Like, it ain't gonna last that long though. You know, we we on to the next thing quicker than we say we. We are, on to but the next we thing. aren't. All right, so so we'll be on, we on to the next thing. Then when the next thing comes, and if they don't do anything right away, it's gonna be like man. It's like yo, the '93 Phillies still get love in the city. The '93 Phillies get more love than the 2008 Phillies, and the 2008 Phillies actually like won a chip, but. It's certain teams because of the way they win. 2008 was fantastic. But, 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 that, but that's also like the last year's Eagles. It's not just that they won. It's the team that did win with the injury to the quarterback. And everybody thinking the season's going to be over. Going up against New England as the underdog. That's why it's bigger than just that bowl. That team is going to be immortalized forever. Now, if they don't have yeah, success over the next couple years, I'm not saying they're not going to call for the coach's head. But – yeah. They call for his head. The very next day, they're going to be back. They're going to be back to giving him a blumpkin. Like he can do no wrong in the city. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like once he's gone, then it's going to be like, all right, you know, you still eat cheesesteaks for life. We just need to get you up out of here. And I would say, you know, that would be the time to bring it back and like, okay, for his contributions to the city. But hey, like you said, we're living in different times. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> ready to throw stuff up quick as hell. Listen, man. All right, what, um, what else going on? We, we late. Like year. Chris Brown, Chris, Chris Brown and his BM, they all up in court and whatnot. And, and part of a, a deposition came out that um she had a business 
that was started with a twenty thousand dollar gift from Floyd Mayweather Jr. So I just want to know, like, is, is he is he uh, back up to his scumbag behavior? Floyd Drakeweather Jr. <laughs> you know, I, I read that you know she didn't even want to tell them who her original quote unquote investor benefactor gift giver was, but because they were you know going through this stuff, Chris Brown's uh, attorney demanded that they disclose that information. So it was obviously something that he didn't know. And, you know, they were cool. Like I, when I was reading the story, you know how related stories pop up. And there was one, like with a video of Chris Brown all on, you know, Mayweather's knob congratulating him. I think they were at like a, a celebrity basketball game. And Chris Brown was, you know, congratulating him on this and that. But then I heard that Floyd may have done it on some petty stuff. Remember Chris Brown and Soldier Boy were supposed to have that celebrity boxing match and, and Floyd was supposed to train Soldier Boy. Chris Brown backed yeah. out of the fight. So, and this is just speculation on the, the part of the author, whoever wrote what I was reading, but they're, they're thinking, you know, maybe he has sour feelings with Chris Brown over that because, you know, there was some money to be made in that whole thing. And Chris Backed out, mm-hmm. messed up the whole deal. So you know, Floyd's way of getting at you is getting at your chick. <laughs> Yo, Floyd is terrible, man. Yo, shout out to Chris Brown Floyd, because also Floyd part Drake of this joint. Drake would have just also, yeah, he wouldn't have given no bread. Yo, also part of this joint is that Chris Brown, Chris Brown, even after all the controversy and things he's been through, uh, generates three hundred and sixty thousand dollars a month. So shout out to him for somehow being able to do that after like putting the beats on somebody. Yo, anyway, um, you guys remember Braylon Edwards from Michigan, from Michigan, right? Braylon yeah. Edwards. Can't um, catch a regular yeah, so pass. Boy, catch like the most difficult pass you ever thrown. Yeah, I remember Braylon. Yeah, he wanted them boys. He wanted them boys. <laughs> like, so Braylon Edwards, uh, he has like an ongoing feud with Jim Harbaugh. And he got suspended from his TV gig because he took it a little a step too far, at least in their opinion, in terms of his um his critique for one Jim Harbaugh, and and he was slandering the team too. Like some of the stuff he was yeah. saying, I'm like, come on, cuz like yeah. when kids, you work you know for the I mean? station, I, 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 <laughs> there's some things you you can say it, but you have to say it in a in a more political way. You don't own the company, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you ain't us. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he was and shot those trying to cut us a check because I will chill. But anyway, um, I got one of the um, fans, I'm like, yeah, I got one of the uh, quotes. Um, after again, he was like Ruiz is weak. Um, talk about their center and their quarterback, Shay Shay Patterson. He said Ruiz is weak, line is weak, Shay is scared. Effing Michigan offense is so predictable. He said Michigan football is sadly one thing, trash. <laughs> Somebody who, Yo. who's an animal uh, on the big Let ten go. Like, so you, you know what? You know what's crazy uh, about that? He is the third analyst, and he wasn't even the first one that had this thought. I saw it online and on TV. Um, I was just like flipping through FS1. Shout out to FS1 because like you know, no shots, but they they kicking ESPN butt right now. But anyway, one of the analysts on FS1 in the college football show said that. Michigan's problem is their offense is so predictable. He kind of said the same things, but he didn't say it that way. And it was like, it came off so different. Like, you're talking about kids. (laughs) 
Right, so I yeah, saw multiple trizzle. analysts talk about how predictable their offense is, which like, I don't know, but it leads me to believe, hey, it must be true if everybody's seeing the same thing. And they were saying that uh, the last team they played, whoever it was, um, was literally calling out their plays. Yeah. Well, Fred, wow. come on with us for the, for the NFL talk in a few minutes so we can throw that question to him when he comes on about the predictability of missions off. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's crazy. I mean, but, he, you know, he has a lot vested. He used to play there. So you understand why he's in the feeling. So he feels the coach that's there now is not good for the program. I guess he's going to ramp up his language that he uses to try to get the dude out, but he got nobody out himself. Uh, Yo, but that's that's the the thing. In saying all that, he didn't say anything about Harbaugh. Well, they said, well, not in those comments, but they said they've been kind of, even kind of going at Harbaugh. Oh, no, they have, they've been going at it. They've been while. going at it, but the comments that got everybody heated is because you, if you focus all your energy on Harbaugh, you're supposed to. That's his job. Right. But when you start talking, that's a, that's the same reason that the boy went crazy before with, I'm a man, I'm 40. It's because the reporters started, like, going at his kids and not going at him. His point was, I'm a man, I'm 40. I can take this. I'm me. the guy you could yeah. You know why they got hype about it? Because Harbaugh actually said something about it. He was like, uh, you know, one one thing, number one, it's not true, and nobody on this team thinks that of, of their teammates. You know, he he thought he was coming to the defense. But, I mean, the bottom line, Harbaugh, he went there with a lot of fanfare. He was supposed to be the savior. Michigan was supposed to be back, and he failed. So what are Nick? <laughs> so. And Nick's are back. And they're failing. All right, so uh, that's what anyway, happened while you that's got what happened while you were Get some quick birthday shout-outs real quick, and then we can uh, get to this uh, NFL stuff um, with with the homie Fred Purdue. All right, so uh, y'all know the drill. Our birthdays are brought to you by the creator. We no longer have a sponsor for the birthday uh, segment, so whoever you pray to, that's who's responsible for you on your birthday. Erica so we Badu. like to give a birthday shout out. I don't know if y'all remember this dude. He used to play for the Nuggets, Anthony Goldwire. He turns forty-seven years it. old. Right. Of course. I mean, trash. I'm about to say I wouldn't say of course because he's definitely only on here because it's a slow birthday day. But um, shout out to him, Torrance Small. Somebody else who probably doesn't deserve a shout out. But shout out to Torrance Small, who uh, turns yeah, forty-eight. And y'all and, and my homie, the um Tyrannosaurus Rex, aka Kevin Willis, seven feet tall with a he did not have a Mo Bamba wingspan. Probably had like half a Bamba's <laughs> wingspan. Kevin Willis. Yeah, he, he carved out a pretty yeah, good, I, I believe like twelve years from there. Yeah, I think it's probably longer than that. Maybe he's telling the Spurs. I'm about to say, he might have went for like a dub. Kevin Willis Kevin Willis. Yeah, he went for like a dub. <laughs> Matter of fact, he might still be playing. But hold on, though. Um, he stayed around so long, people forget that. When he was playing with Dominic for a couple of years, he was a, he was a, uh, a good player. But he was then he went in Atlanta. Yeah, he went and sat on the bench with the Spurs for like a decade just as like a good guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he definitely just because uh, he was nice. Like blue. He was built like blue off Jurassic Park. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, this dude played, shoot, he played 11 seasons just in Atlanta. So he came in the league 
84, 85. And he didn't. Re- Yo, Kevin Willis didn't retire till 2006, 2007. Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I knew he might have, like, after I said that, I knew it sounded wrong. That's why I was like, he might have played a dub. Yo, he played more than a dub. Yeah, what was Kevin yeah. Williams doing in 2006? Yo, he was on Dallas. I told, I told you that. After he played, yo, Bull played till he was like 40. After they got a ring, I think. He came and tried to yo, grab him. Yo, my man, my man probably, my man probably got a mean pension. Yo. And pension, yo. dirty. Through it all, though, he averaged 12 points. 8.4 boards, a block per game. Uh, but actually, how good he was, because like he probably averaged yeah. like one and one the last ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the thing is, like in those years, he was still averaging like more than Robert Ory in his like in the 2000s. Yo. He shouldn't even have been Yo. on the court in the 2000s. He averaged 9.3, 8. 8.8, 9.6, 6.1, 3.4, 3, and 2.4. But for most of that, you know, the 2000s, he averaged more than your man. <laughs> Hang on All right, cool well, shout out up. to the homie. Shout out to the to the T-Rex. Um, and shout out to everybody having a birthday. Salute. All right, so Yo, real sh- quick before we shot get to the Shout the blue from uh, shot the blue from Jurassic Park, built like Kevin Willis. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, y'all can check out our website, like we told you earlier, warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any NFL topics, we're going to do a quick preview. Dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted, but if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And this NFL wrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website solution? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, you could put something on it because financing is available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203 and for some discounted rates, just be sure to tell them that the homies over at War Room Sports sent you. Tis time. All right, so we're going to talk about, you know, this upcoming season real quick before kickoff. And to do that, we're going to bring on the homie, uh, Fred Purdue from Cover 2 Podcast to talk a little football with us. Fred, what's going on, good brother? What's going on, fellas? I feel like we we ready for this NFL season. It's a long time coming. Uh, we are. We probably saying FOH because they don't do football no more. But you know, we <laughs> we ready. We ready. Um, I need my championship back. I like yeah, before we. Yeah, yeah, we don't do that. I watched that again today. I had to start the season off right. So I watched that again. Today. <laughs> oh, how, oh, how sweet it is! Yo, um, when you watch quick. it, when you watched it again, was they was the Eagles whooping? Uh, was they whooping the Patriots' ass again? Whoa! Yeah, it, it kind of you know happened the same way I saw it the first time. Say no, but for real, like you said, being an Eagles fan, and we talked about we talk about this over and over again. Like, yo, when you watch that game, even this many months later, like when the Patriots the lead in the fourth quarter, like I still got nervous. Like, yo, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. I know how the game is going to end. I still got nervous. 
damn it, these dudes won't go away. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that they... Anyway, but anyway, um, before we get in, I just want to remind people out there, you know, the season is kicking off in about 45 minutes, so if you're not a member of the Pigskin Picker Contest, uh, make sure you go to War Room Sports Facebook page, or you can go to our Twitter feed, click on that link to get into the group. Um, this year, you know, we got a, a grand prize of $25. That's not much. That's less than we usually give out. But, hey, it's free to enter. So, you know, it's free money. So, you know, if you got a problem with prize money going down, take it up with your mom. All right, so that's Pigskin Pippin on ESPN.com. Just go to our social media sites and you can click the link and get in on this free contest. I don't want to hear nobody complaining if it's free. All right, you know, we could easily charge everybody $10 a head and we can get it, but I don't think y'all want to do that. Anyway, let's get into these awards predictions. Uh, We only got like a little less than 30 minutes on the show, so. We can't go as in-depth as we would like to, but you guys can check out the latest episode of Cover 2. That's on the War Room Sports um, YouTube page. Uh, So you can check that out where we go very much in-depth about all of these picks and predictions and stuff. Like every time we do a Cover 2 show, we be like, yeah, we're going to try to keep this to an hour. And that's going to be like an hour and 55 minutes. Um, (laughs) Y'all can check that out if you need more detail. But for now... We're going to uh, take turns giving our awards predictions, um, and our awards predictions consist of Coach of the Year, compact, Comeback Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and, of course, MVP. So, you know, B. Austin, you want to do the honors, or you want me to to, to break it no, up? No, brother, go ahead, and, uh, go ahead and kick it off. Go ahead and kick it off. Go ahead and bust it open. That's what they used to tell me in college. Um, anyway. Um, Yo! We're going to edit that out. But, um, <laughs> all right, so let's, let's go. We're going to start with uh, Coach of the Year. And, you know, there's a lot of worthy candidates. And I'm not going to be too, too long-winded, but there's a lot of worthy candidates out there. Um, I'm thinking Pat Shermer. From the Giants, um, I'm thinking Anthony Lynn from the Chargers. These are all teams that I was I was big on last year that, that ended up disappointing me. So that's really some of the criteria. If the team was trash last year and you end up going to the playoffs, you're automatically in the mix. I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan from the San Francisco 49ers. The funny part about this is later on in the show you'll see that in my divisional predictions, I don't even have the San Francisco 49ers making the playoffs. But I think that they could be one of those stories of a team that could jump from where they were last season into the playoffs, even though I don't have them making it. But I think if they do get to that point, then the coaching of Kyle Shanahan is going to have a giant impact on, you know, a visible impact on what they're doing. So I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan for coach of the year, comeback player of the year. I'm going to go with Andrew Luck, even though, Aaron Rodgers will be in the mix for this for this particular um, award. I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. You got a lot of people in this category, too, because usually this is whoever gets hurt. You come back and play well, you can get it. So you got Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, Odell Beckham, David Johnson. You got a full field of dudes who could win this award, but I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. 
um, strictly because I think he might have the the advantage because he didn't play at all last year. So some sympathy votes gonna come flying in if he he throws for forty five hundred yards and thirty touchdowns like I predict him to do. Um, uh, defensive rookie of the year, I'm gonna go with Bradley Chubb for the for Jimmy's former Denver Broncos. You know, playing across that line from. Uh, Von Miller, who could easily be the defensive player of the year, I think is going to free up a lot of stuff for the rookie to make a name in his league. Shout out to other dudes like Derwin James, Rokon Smith, etc. Offensive rookie of the year, I didn't necessarily want to go chalk with this, but and and I very I tried to resist, but I couldn't. I'm gonna go with Saquon Barkley from the New York Giants. Um, I'm hoping he's not going, as an Eagles fan, I'm hoping he's not going to be as special as everybody says he's going to be, but I'm going to pick him as my offensive rookie of the year. Defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. Um, he got Ndamukong Sue next to him on that line now. So that means some people are going to have to block Aaron Donald by themselves, and there ain't nobody in this league that can do that. I'm going to go with him. Offensive player of the year, um, might be a little surprising. I'm going to go with a wide receiver. I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. Um with and especially without Le'Veon Bell, I don't know what he's going to do. We know Ben Roethlisberger is going to force feed um, his horse at wide receiver and Antonio Brown. So as long as he stays healthy, I think he can actually get in the mix for this award. And for MVP, no, I'm not going Aaron Rodgers. No, I'm not going Tom Brady. No, I'm not going Drew Brees. I'm going Todd Gurley from the Rams. I think the Rams, I think that team is going to come together nicely this year. Dream team. Um, and I think Todd Gurley is going to be, uh, he's going to be the beneficiary of um, a lot of open space up front with his quarterback improving and, you know, his wide receiving core improving. I think he's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of yardage up front. Um, as well as out of the backfield. So Todd Gurley for MVP. All right, who wants to go next? Y'all there? Did I put y'all to sleep? All right. No. Uh, is everybody, nobody Get wants on. to jump into the podium. Let me go ahead and take care of this one. So for me, it's coach of the year, Andy Reid. This is you get a new quarterback, you got a high-powered offense. Defense isn't going to be there, so the offense got uh, you got to score points. So. That's that's an easy peasy one. Um, comeback player of the year. This is easy. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you get Jimmy Graham. You finally might have a running running game again, kind of like the Chiefs. Offense is going to be there. Defense isn't. You're going to have to score points to win games and make the playoffs. Uh, defensive player. Of the I'm sorry. Defensive rookie of the year. Roquan Smith. You get Khalil Mack. You have Leonard Floyd. Those are your pass rushers. You have you, the the middle of that defense is now solid now. I think he might just be the best middle backer in his uh, his own division. So, and I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a stud for a long time. So, offensive player, offensive rookie of the year, Saquon Barkley. He adds a bit of a, a wrinkle to that offense. Eli's not the greatest, but it helps when your offensive line's a little bit better. He can throw it to him out the backfield. We saw a little bit of a glimpse in all, in the preseason of what what we can see from him. The only thing I want to see from him is he, can he finish runs. Every time he breaks one, he just doesn't finish, and that kind of bothered me even in college. Uh, offensive player of the year, or I'm sorry, defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald kind of have to go with, with Dev on this one. You got a Dominican Sue next to him. You got a good secondary on the back end. Offense is going to score points. 
So if they're going to be up in games. They can pin their ears back. He's going to be the beneficiary of that. He's going to be able to push the pocket from the middle. Uh, offensive yeah. player of the year, Tom Brady, uh, for me. And you'll see why in a minute because we, we kind of mix that offensive player of the year and MVP is kind of the same thing, but somebody has to feel good about themselves. Uh, Tom Brady is typically push up big numbers. It's always a quarterback award. I'm giving it to my guy. MVP, uh, Russell Wilson. You have, and just hear, just hear me out on this one. Russell Wilson has to carry a team. There is no more Legion of Bowl. There is no more great defensive line. He has to. No, be, he's no gonna beast have mode. To, no beast mode. Even though Rashad Penny might be okay. But he's going to have to carry this team, and he's going to be in a lot of shootouts. What a shootout do, that puts, makes his numbers look great. If you have him in fantasy football, that's a great thing for you. Um, as long as he stays healthy. Um, that's that's mine. That's for me. Um, no Aaron Rodgers uh-huh. for MVP, though. I'm not, I'm not ready to crown him on that. If you want to crown him, crown him. The Austin has come back to the NFL Awards. Uh-oh. Head coach of the year, that dude that coaches the Rams. Anthony, <laughs> comeback player of the year, the God, Aaron Rodgers. Defensive rookie of the year, Bradley. Not Anderson, but Chubb. Offensive rookie of the year, Baker Mayfield. Yes, you heard me right, a Cleveland Brown. Baker Mayfield. Wow. Wow. You must have got him getting off the bench early. Wow. Defensive player of the year. Yeah, they're going to get the black boy up out of there. Defensive player of the year. <laughs> Mac, bitch. Khalil Mack is going to earn his money. <laughs> Offensive player of the year. Todd Girl. Todd Girl. MVP. Uh-oh. Drum roll, please. He's <laughs> not But at the end, you didn't tell me you was going to do that. I got you, though. I got you. When Carson Wentz in a lifetime, Pennsylvania, oh. the Red Rocket. What a big finish when he started. Wow. Carson Wentz. Wow. These are your yeah. awards. <laughs> All right. Well, I know, I know, I gave my um, my uh, who was it? What did I give to Garoppolo? Oh no, I, it was the coach. I gave the coach to Shanahan, and I don't even think they're gonna make the playoffs. So I, I guess I can't talk that much. But B. Austin has said several times throughout this show that the Eagles are gonna go seven and nine this season. So I don't know how the hell the MVP gonna be on Ooh. seven and nine team. But I ain't. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I just got some, things have happened. It's, it's not really breaking news, but I just got a, a report that says that Wentz isn't expected to play for a few more weeks. Um, so I don't know. Oh, might set you back on that. But I don't know. He might come. <laughs> hey, your man, your, your man Nick Foles jumped into the MVP conversation in like ten, eleven weeks in 2013. So you never know. You never, ever, ever know. All right, so let's go with, um, you know, the playoffs and who we think is going to do what. Um, playoffs? 
I will start. I will start. Ah, I'll start it off. Um, and I'll start it off with the AFC division winners, the AFC wild cards, and who I think's you know going to represent in the championship game and the Super Bowl for the AFC. And then I'll take it over to the NFC. As a matter of fact, we can all do the AFC, and then we'll all do the NFC, and then we can give our Super Bowl picks at the same time. All right, so um, AFC division winners. In the AFC West, I am going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. In the AFC North, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. In the AFC South, I'm going with the Jacksonville Jags. In the AFC East, who else could it be but the Patriots? Um, And my two AFC wild cards, I got the Texans and the Chiefs. In the AFC Championship game, I've got the Steelers versus the Patriots. And in the uh, AFC representative in the Super Bowl will be your Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so go ahead. Here's your AFC representatives for the divisions, the wild card, the championship game, and the Super Bowl. You also got me really. I'm. I don't know what to say after those those uh, those individual awards. But go ahead, <laughs> surprise me. Mac, go ahead. Who's going? Fred or be awesome. Somebody go. Be awesome. Yo, real quick. I just want to say all my picks for all the good awards go to Kaepernick, Eric Reed, and Kenny Still. <laughs> what? No, go ahead, go ahead, Fred. He, he got he got Kaepernick and Reed for comeback and go away player in the same year. <laughs> the go away player of the year. <laughs> the Yo, the Who's the go away player of the year? <laughs> Tom Brady. <clears throat> go ahead, Fred. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Just because you're quarterback, right. no longer in the league. Anyway, I don't um, even know who my quarterback is, Fred. Hey, Fred, you gonna cry when Brady retire or no? No. Nah. <laughs> On to the next. Man, y'all got we're, rid we're of the future. Go ahead, though. I'm going to follow. Yeah, you we did. It. All right. So, AFC division winner. In the north, I got the Steelers. In the south, I have the Jags. In the east, I have, of course, the Patriots. In the west, I have the Chargers, and I don't like that pick, but they're the default choice. And if you want to know why, go listen to Cover 2. You'll find out. Um, my wild cards, uh, I have the Chiefs and the Ravens. I think the Ravens are – they're not great, but they're on their way back. In my championship – in my AFC championship game, it's a, it's a rematch of last year, Patriots versus Jags. But this time, uh, the Jags might have a home field advantage. Just saying. Oh. Fred, still out here hedging his bets, Fred. Listen, man. <laughs> your whole season, you always hedge your bets, man. We see, we see you, though. No, see no, 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 no. No, but listen to this. Um, man. Let's do a Super Bowl pick. Uh, my Super Bowl select, my Super Bowl um, selection out of the AFC is of course the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> he's just saying the Jags gonna get home field, but he's still saying the Patriots gonna run up in there and beat them, so it don't matter. <laughs> like, Patriots still gonna. All right. Them. All right. For the AFC West, oh, yeah. we got the Raiders. I got. We got the Raiders. Raiders. I actually thought about doing that, but I didn't want to be crazy. You might get accused of insider trading. You must know something no one else knows. Raiders, (laughs) Steelers, Jags, Dolphins. 
the Dolphins oh! are going to uh, dethrone the uh, the MAGA the MAGA team. Uh, I got the I got the tech shout out to Kenny. The Texans and the Chiefs are going to be wild carding, and I I wanted to pick I wanted to pick the Ravens here. I just don't believe in Joe Flacco anymore, man. Joe Skinny is Joe Skinny is is, is gone. I got the Steelers and the Jags in the chip game, and I got the Steelers returning to the Super Bowl because the Patriots ain't here. Whoa! <laughs> Such hate. Haters right, so don't hate, man. Haters don't hate. Over to the NFC side, and we see you out there, Rob. Hang tight. After we do these picks, we go to the phone line. Um. So on the NFC side of things, on the NFC West, I got the Dream Team out in LA. The North, I got the Vikings. The South, which was difficult for me because I was leaning to the Saints, but I'm gonna go with the Falcons for some reason. Um, in the NFC East, I think the Eagles can pull out another division win, even though I'm not, you know, I mean, I wasn't that excited about the Eagles last year, and they surprised me. Um, now that I'm going to pick them to win the division, they're probably going to stink. Um, and the NFC wild cards, I'm going to go with the Packers and the Saints. NFC, NFC championship game, Vikings versus the Dream Team. NFC champions is going to be the Dream Team. Um, so it's going to be the dream team going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, and I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid. I got the dream team winning the whole damn thing. Shout out to Nino. <laughs> the whole damn thing. All right, Fred. All right, so, in the, in the all right, Fred, in the, in the NFC, I got the Vikings in the <clears> North. In the South, I have the Saints. Something about these Falcons, I just I'm not I'm not yet. Um, in the East, I have the Eagles. Never. This one, this one, this one is a no-brainer. I mean, I although that Washington team is they're they're almost there. Uh, and then the West, I have the Seahawks winning that division. Actually, uh, my wild card, the Rams and the Falcons, my championship game. Eagles versus Rams, my winner coming out of there, the Rams. And are we giving our Super Bowl pick yet or? Yeah, yeah. And, my, and our Super Bowl, my Super Bowl pick, Patriots win over Rams in a rematch of the 2001 Super Bowl. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick retire after. Yo, I love you, but you're a noodle. <laughs> <laughs> you're a noodle, man. Hey, I'm trying to help y'all out because you know if, if Brady stays around for however long he wants to keep staying around. You got to do it. I'm trying to yo, you Brady, yo, yo, no, 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 no. <laughs> Wrong side of history. Um, mm, I have mm. in the NFC West. I have the Garoppolo's. In the North, I got the Purple Men, Purple People Eaters. Uh, I got them kids from New Orleans eating some gumbo. Ah, and I got the Midgets winning the um, the NFC East. My wild card teams uh, are God and the Cowbums. So the Packers and the Cowbums. I got the Packers facing the Vikes in the NFC chip game. And I have the Packers versus the Steelers in the Super Bowl. 
And I have Aaron Rodgers raising the Super Bowl trophy. Whoa. Book it. That, that, wow, that's a comeback player of the year award all day long. What you know about the, about the Cowboys that I don't know? I'm just curious. <laughs> Dak Prescott is better than um, Carson Wentz. That's what he know. What's wrong with you? You ain't hurt. You ain't hurt. All right, let's go to the phone lines real quick because we only got a few minutes left. We let uh, Rob tell us about who he got in the Super Bowl this season. We got Rob out in Cali. What's up, dude? Hey, can y'all hear me? Gotcha. Thank you. We won that. We won, remember that Super Bowl? There was no spy gate. There was no deflated football. It was straight up football. What's up, man? How y'all doing? There was no tuck rule. There was no tuck rule. There was no rep. Thank you. You know what, though? On the real, I thought they was going to tuck rule us when um, Brandon Graham made the sack. Even though, you know, it was nothing close. To what the tuck roll is supposed to be. I thought they, I was, I just thought they were going to break clean. it. It was clear than baby wipes. It was clean. Oh, no, okay. no, it was, it was clean. clean. I mean, the Raiders should have been in the championship that year, but you know. Somebody sent me a text that said "F Philly" and then it said "LOL, good, good luck tonight." You say "F us" and then good luck. <laughs> um, what a coward, man. Don't disrespect Philadelphia. Please don't. Please don't. One person you can, the only thing you should disrespect is the trash rapper Meek Mill. But anyways, man, um, how y'all doing today? I don't Pretty like good. it. But anyway, I'm good, man. I'm sitting out here doing pizza, in pizza. I wish I would go to Philly ball, but it'll be a little bit too rowdy. Now, it's, only, it's only the first game. I was trying Jeffrey's not in this game. Um... I think the season is going to be dependent. The, the, the thing about the season is going to be dependent on two groups. On the offense, it's going to be dependent on the offensive line. I think the running backs will take care of itself. But the problem with the running backs is, Blunt, that one-two punch we really needed. You know, in second Chronicles, verse 38, you know, uh, I was going to say verse 38, the power of dreadlocks, you know what I'm saying? Do not, you know what I'm saying? Do not underestimate the power of dreadlocks. We only have, we only have one dreadlocks left. So, you know, um, in the secondary, I know me and be awesome be back and forth in the secondary. I'm not even going to argue with him anymore. But, you know, we're just going to see how things unfold. Hopefully, um, the cornerbacks, not the safeties, but the cornerbacks are good, though. Man, with that secondary. Huh? I think they're gonna be okay, man. You got Sidney Jones in the mix. If he's as good as they think he is, I think the secondary gonna be uh, gonna be okay. All right. Didn't do anything but grow last season. So who you got? Who gonna win the Super Bowl? Oh. I I can't say. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is 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 Aaron Rod- Can Aaron Rodgers? Can he stay healthy in the two games against the Bears? That's the thing. And the Vikings, because they all come after him, man. That's a, that's a, that's a big choice. And, and also you got the also you got the Rams. Also you got the uh, I don't know. I mean Philly Philly has a lot to prove, but the Rams had a lot to prove. Uh, 
we'll see. I think it's, I think it's possibly third the Rams. The Cowboys have no chance. All, all you gotta do is expose. Uh, um, I mean that because I know y'all got 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 time after the show. Dak is a fraud, and he'll be out of the Cowboys within two years, guaranteed. Man, he is. All right, man. We'll get you pizza. Hope you uh, have a good game watching experience tonight, and we will wrap oh, to you next week, man. Oh, oh, I gotta go, but I gotta say one thing, Bobby Brown. You are a fish boy. You know what I'm saying? Whoever goes in the bed was your business. You know what I'm saying? Stop pillow talking. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right, you got a message for Bobby Brown out here. Yeah, why people coming at Bobby? I mean, if he if he schmiggity. Let's make it easy, Janet. I tell y'all too. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, you guys, give me some overall thoughts of the upcoming season. Maybe some bold predictions. Just, just anything that you want to get off your chest before kickoff. Like, what do y'all think about the 2018 NFL season? Man, the Kaepernick. Ahead, Washington you know. team, what? They got a chance to get to the playoffs? This, this Washington team might be a little better than people expect. Um, I hope the Cowboys go 0 16. They Jerry deserves every bit of this. That's it. Why you hating on Jerry, man? Jerry's built his empire. It's like, no, nah, Jim, you know, Jerry got them boys out there standing for that national anthem. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, so, no, uh, I'm really. I'm really looking forward to what I see is going to be a battle in the NFC. I mean, it was it was kind of like that last season. I mean, you had three viable, te- you know, viable teams um, who were up there in the power rankings week in and week out. You had, uh, I think you had like four. You had Philly, you had the Vikings, you had the Saints, and you had uh, the Rams. I think last season people pretty much knew, like, okay, the Rams are up and coming, but this is really not the year. Like, you know, they're really not going to make that push this year. But, you know, I, I've seen what can happen from the establishment of the Green being an Eagles fan in 2011. This is different to me. You know what I'm saying? I, like, it's they're putting together names, but I still think, like, these names are – better players than the just the names that the Eagles put together in 2011 and had a terrible, uh, who was it, a four-win season after all of that talk. Um, when you have, you know, Dominican Sue next to Aaron Donald with Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters and, you know, Todd Gurley and uh, the ghost of Brandon Cooks and, you know, all the, all the guys that they have, like it's it's difficult to see how week in and week out people are gonna go into LA or, or and, and get a win from this team. Is anybody drinking the Kool Aid like me? Am I gonna be? I'm, I'm not gonna be disappointed. Side, but but I think they're gonna underachieve. I think they're gonna underachieve a little bit simply because they have the front line guys. But when you get into week ten, eleven, twelve, that depth starts to show. And if you don't, right. if anybody gets hurt, who's behind it? That is the one thing about them that yeah, if they have a rash of injuries, like you don't, you don't really know what's going to happen there. But they can't really afford depth at the current moment. But um, 
Yeah, just on paper. And we know they don't play the game on paper. I'm, I'm kind of all in with the prospects. You would you would know personally, wouldn't you? A few years ago, you should be hmm. shouldn't be drinking the Kool Aid out of anybody. You guys got to see it firsthand. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, B. Austin, any quick parting shots? Like twenty seconds. Um, yeah, man, I've noticed that the Patriots have a rash of injuries, uh, suspensions. They're probably down about six starters. Uh, Fred, can you can you confirm that? Injuries, no. Uh, start. We, we talk about the Patriots. We know they always start out slow, so uh, oh, that's okay. not really a concern. The only okay. concern yeah, I have is that we left literally had like twenty seconds. <laughs> it's the left tackle position because simply you got a guy that was your first round pick was hurt. He's out for the season, so that's the only concern. Injury wise. All right. Jimmy going to take us out of here. All you football lovers out there, have a great season. And we highlight no y'all doubt. about this NFL stuff next week. Where Jimmy at? All right. Jimmy. My bad. I was on. My bad. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I was on. My bad. My bad. My bad. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, on the group me app. Salute to everybody. All the calls who called and got through, salute to you. Those who couldn't get to, we apologize. Listen, uh, Gus Griffin, Fred Purdue, always thank you to you guys. Tune in next week live right here on demand as we recap the NFL week one and preview week two. Everything else in the world is supposed to be talking about. Any sort of uh, wretchedness that happens in between them we'll be talking about. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week, and we'll see you right back here next time. Catch all of our conversations, Facebook, Twitter, everything we do, webcast, podcast, uh, blogs, everything is at warrensports.com. That is the hub. Also, get my book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or at the hub, willandsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top.
War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.